Welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture. Presented by Cape and Cowell Comics. I am Henry Liu, and today I am once again joined by Porfirio Rangel. Porfirio, how goes? It's going good, Henry. It's that time of year where we celebrate the end of the year, and it's the holiday season. Yes, the end of the year. This, in fact, is the final episode of the Comic Sauce podcast for 2018, so we bid adieu to the year. And uh, in fact, our last episode was a year in review episode. So what could we possibly talk about today? Well, a couple big comic book movies did come out since we did our year in review episode. So we're going to talk about those two movies. They are DC's Aquaman and Marvel's Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. So a lot to talk about here, right, Perfirio? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, and like we often do, we're going to do a non-spoilery section, which might be a little bit short today. <laughs> and then we're going to get into spoilers for both movies. Uh, but yeah, let's start spoiler-free. And um, I wanted to start by just commenting on the year in review a bit because... You know, it's funny. I think we even talked about this on our last episode, but we were anticipating talking about Aquaman and Into the Spider-Verse. But I don't think either of us was expecting Spider-Verse or Aquaman to be a contender for best or worst movie of the year, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Right? Yeah, Uh you had that sense? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I had that sense too. I had a feeling that Aquaman might be kind of a campy fun movie in the vein of Venom and I thought that Spider-Verse might be um, you know a a really good animated movie but you know an animated movie which to me historically there have been good ones and bad ones but I've never really found animated animated movies to be truly great you know um some exceptions, like the anime film Akira, I think is a masterpiece. Um, but like to me, they're kind of few and far between. And I really wasn't expecting Spider Verse to reach, you know, cinematic heights. You know, <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that in a bit. But um, that was kind of my expectation. Uh, but uh, boy, was I in for a surprise because you know, in the last. Uh, couple weeks of the year I was exposed to a couple movies that uh, did in fact uh, contend for some of the categories we talked about last time Um, so why don't we get into that a bit again non-spoilery but let's talk a bit about how much we liked or disliked these movies you want to start Perfirio maybe start with uh, Aquaman okay sure so Aquaman, I thought it was a fun, campy movie. Like you said, I wasn't expecting a whole lot of it. Um, I had my hopes up high for DC because, you know, we haven't seen a good DC movie since Wonder Woman. Yeah. Um, And, you know, Aquaman, the trailer looked good. The lead actor, Jason, he totally seems like a badass. So I was 
waiting to see how he'll take on the role because he did yeah. a good job in Justice League. Yeah, I think Jason Momoa has a certain charisma to him. You can't help but like him. Yeah, you know, whoever he plays, whether it's Khal Drogo or Arthur Curry or whoever, right? Uh, and then on top of that, um, it was the Aquaman was directed by Jason Wan, which we've gave praise to him before in previous yeah, or, episodes. Uh, James Wan. James Wan. Yeah. Um, we've gave we've gave praise to him before on a previous podcast. I think it was our horror podcast about yes. like the Conjuring and Insidious movies that he's done. Yeah. So I was excited to see this movie, um, and it was fun. Nothing for me. Nothing like mind blowing. Like oh, you gotta watch this movie or. Nothing like oh, don't watch it. Just wait till it comes out on Redbox. But yeah. it was, it was a fun movie to just like enjoy for the holidays and just kind of relax and let it play while you're just like being entertained. Okay, so it sounds like you're categorizing it as kind of mindless entertainment, yeah. maybe. Okay, <laughs> like Venom. Like Venom. I was gonna ask you that. Uh-huh. Like. I see a lot of parallels between these two movies. I think both movies are kind of a throwback to earlier superhero movies, like the way they used to make them, you know? Um, And, uh, yeah, I kind of felt that similarity between the two. Um, I was going to ask you specifically, do you have a preference one over the other, Venom versus Aquaman? Um, are they or are they kind of the same thing to you? Kind of the same. I think I would give uh, if I had to choose to watch one of them again. I think I would watch Aquaman. Surprisingly, oh, okay, just because there was more entertainment in it, like the visuals and the action. There was way more action scenes in Aquaman than there was in Venom. So I think that's why I would give the edge to Aquaman because I was just more entertained. And ah. there was more going on than in Venom. I think we both said, like, Venom was... It was kind of cool. It didn't take itself seriously, but there's probably, like, one or two cool action scenes. Okay. All right. Uh, that's fair. Um, so, okay. What about Spider-Verse? Oh, I love Spider-Verse. It was... Mm-hmm. It was I think I, I was on the same boat as you, how I didn't expect a whole lot out of Spider-Verse. I think I even told you, like, I wasn't planning on watching a midnight premiere mm-hmm. or anything. I was just going to watch it when I had time to watch it. Yeah. And once I finally got around to it, I was blown away to how good it was. It was amazing on every aspect of how a movie should be, like, soundtrack, visuals, characters... Um, I w- I loved it from every angle. Awesome, awesome, yeah. Um, again, we won't get into all the spoilery details until later. Um, but yeah, that's cool to hear that you loved it. Mm-hmm. And um, I I did want to comment. You mentioned that, like me, you weren't expecting a lot. Well, you know, I like you know, as I said earlier, I'm not a huge animated movie fan Mm -hmm. but uh nevertheless even before i saw this movie i was anticipating it i was highly anticipating it uh because it looked awesome right yeah yeah so i was pretty damn stoked and 
for the record, I think I was a lot more excited for this movie than you. Probably you were, yeah. <laughs> right, mm-hmm. right. Just I know you're comparing the two of us, um, and it sounds like you're, you're making it sound like neither of us was excited, but I was. I was very excited. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Um, but before I get into um, my take on it, um, my take on Aquaman. Okay, so you and I saw this movie together. You the first did. time we've seen a movie together, uh-huh. which is notable <laughs> and fun. Uh, so we saw this together, and we just saw it. There's just a few nights ago, right? Yeah. T- today is Sunday, so December 23rd, and we saw it on Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, Thursday uh-huh. night, just a few nights ago. So it's still kind of fresh in my brain, um, still kind of processing it, but... Um, I want to say that hate is a very strong word, uh, but I think I'm pretty close to saying I hated this movie. I don't want to say outright I hated it, but uh, it was pretty terrible to me, and I'm looking forward to getting into all the details on that, Uh Uh, but um, it was, yeah, it was pretty terrible. Um, I'm kind of chomping at the bit here to really get into it, but I won't do that quite yet. Let's just say uh, I had a very bad experience with <laughs> Aquaman. Okay, um, yeah, we'll, we'll get into it more. On the flip side, I too loved Into the Spider-Verse, and I think a lot of comic book nerds like us have the same sentiment. Uh, sentiment you know um people are loving this movie oh yeah people are loving this movie and it's a special movie man um you know i think both i mean i've heard good reviews from both comic book fans and non-comic book fans yeah just because it's different yeah yeah um yeah the the box office isn't the type of box office you see from say an avengers movie or like you know the way that marvel studios has been doing especially recently right um but the people who are seeing this movie are getting their minds blown Mm -hmm. and um i think everyone needs to see this movie it's really something special Mm -hmm. um and this one as well i'm looking forward to diving into into the details which we will do soon um but just to sort of uh wrap up on this whole year and year end thing um yeah it's crazy i i i was totally not expecting either of these movies to uh be this impactful in terms of to me a great great movie and a shitty shitty movie you know but legit legitimately to me into the spider-verse is in contention for one of my favorite movies of the year i definitively listed Black Panther as being my movie of 2018. After Spider-Verse, I'm, I'm questioning it, you know. Uh, I think I'm still going to, like, list Black Panther as my favorite. Um, but uh, very possibly Spider-Verse is, like, in a tie with it. Um, yeah, I loved it. I loved it. And with Aquaman, man, this similarly is uh in contention too for 2018 in a different way (laughs) for worst movie of the year but yeah legit Uh, i i think i mentioned last time i didn't really have any movies that uh i really disliked a lot 
What was your worst movie of the year? I forgot. Yeah, it's kind of embarrassing now because I listed Deadpool 2 oh, yeah. as my uh-huh. quote-unquote worst movie of the year. It's definitely not the worst movie of the year. It, it, after I saw it, I just gave it a very marginal thumbs down. You know, there were a lot of things I liked about that movie, the Domino character in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, but the sentiment for me was just it wasn't my brand of comedy and um, – mm-hmm. You know, I thought it was done well. Yeah, it just it, yeah. wasn't really. I didn't mm-hmm. feel it was for me. You know, I respectfully gave it a thumbs down. Right? Um, to me, Aquaman was a hell of a lot worse. Um, so, you know, this isn't a year in review recap. But if we were to do that episode right now, like a lot of stuff would be different. I oh, think. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I think Aquaman would be number one, or at least in the running for number one. Um, just a quick side note. I saw another movie since we did that year-end uh, recap that I thought was really shitty. Also, I saw it um, on TV, which is a different experience. But just, yeah, real quick. Ready Player One I saw, and I really hated that, too. Um, let's not get into details. But uh, Ready Player One and Aquaman are easily worse than anything I'd seen all year. Uh, so let, let that be known. And, yes, yeah, Spider-Verse would be in contention for movie of the year i liked it better than infinity war yes i said it and um maybe as much as black panther that's how awesome it was to me uh so kind of nutty at the very end of the year we get these uh really uh surprising movies which is cool like i I love to be surprised at the movie theater you know love it yeah same here um i mean aquaman for me wasn't a bad movie i'll put it right in the middle doesn't have to be worse or best but into spider-verse um i'm still going to stand by my number one pick for best movie of the year was infinity war i mean that was bigger than a movie it was an event yeah but i marked i think i said that black panther was my number two into spider-verse totally knocked it out of the park it is definitely my number two damn uh-huh. that's huge yeah. yeah and do you remember those like blogs i made at the beginning of the year Yes. I, I, like, actually making another one for Into the Spider-Verse. Ah. So I've been working on it for, like, a week. I just kind of want to, like, perfect it because I just have so much to say about yeah. it. So I'll be releasing that soon. And right on, right on. Yeah, but I, we'll, we'll talk about it more into detail later. But Into the Spider-Verse totally knocked – I was blown away, and I'll definitely say it's my number two of the year. That is – Something there you just said. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel the same. After seeing the, that movie, so many thoughts, so many feelings, you know, you just want to get it out there. I understand you want to write about it, and I think we're both really wanting to talk about it yeah. here. So we'll do that. We will do that. Um, but just real quick, um, when you say it's better than Black Panther, and um, for someone like me who really loved the Black Panther movie, um, even I am like, I understand. Like, I get it. Yeah. I get it, you know? And maybe the only reason why I would still rank Black Panther higher is kind of like what you're alluding to with Infinity War. It was an event. It was this, like, cultural moment, mm-hmm. you know? Um, with Spider-Verse, I was a little disappointed. The night I went, I went on, like, opening Thursday night, and the theater was, like a little sparse you know it definitely wasn't sold out um i think the people who went like me um and the the people i went with 
you know, um, it was mainly hardcore comic nerds, which is awesome. But just, yeah, it was just a little bit sparsely attended. So it didn't feel like this huge event. And um, it didn't have, like, the crowd participation and everything. So mm-hmm. that really added to the Black Panther experience. Um, but if you just look at them as uh, individual films and, you know, maybe, like, comparing them with, with subsequent home viewings, I wouldn't be surprised if I would be like, oh, yeah, these are, like, equal or maybe at some point, uh, like, embracing Spider-Verse even more like you have. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I t- like I said, I totally understand that. Okay, so spoiler alert. Let's get into spoilers. Um, yeah, we're diving into spoiler territory pretty early here, but I think both of us are really anxious to to speak freely here, right? Yeah. Um, so you and I discussed uh, before we hit record about which one do we talk about first? And I think the consensus was to leave the best for last. Yeah. So let's start with Aquaman and finish with Spider-Verse, and then we can maybe do a, a final thoughts segment where we rate them and, and, mm-hmm. and do the whole wrap-up thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but for now, let's do our spoilery, spoilery thoughts on Aquaman. Uh, what do you got for us, Perfirio? Um, so yeah, Aquaman I thought was like a fun little movie. The visuals were... I don't know how to, what to say about the visual. I want to say I liked it, but it was so CGI packed that I just couldn't yeah. get over the fact. Like it was like I read a review. It was kind of like watching Thor, like watching mm. um, in Asgard. How yeah. It was like Atlantis was mind blowing, but it was just so CGI that I just couldn't like. I it couldn't tell, but be like, oh my gosh, this is so fake, but really good <laughs> visuals, you know. Yeah. Um, but the characters, they were nothing. I think it's like what you said earlier in the comments. It's just basically like a comic book that you have seen like in the early 2000s. Like there's a bad guy, bad villain from a comic book who just wants to do bad things. Yeah. In comes a hero. He tries to stop him and has to go through some adventure of self-discovery and all that kind of stuff. And yeah succeeds at the end yeah and so for me that plot was kind of basic basic that's a good word Uh uh-huh and none of the characters they were like they stood out they were all just kind of campy like aquaman um mura yeah black manta they were all just kind of like campy fun heroes that were just kind of added in to add some funny dialogue yeah yeah um, that is interesting that you had heard comparisons of Atlantis and Asgard, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because I kind of got that sense in a way. Um, yeah, overall, I thought the movie visually was way too CGI'd, you know. Um, that said, though, I would say that Atlantis looked pretty cool. It did, yeah. It was very striking, and when... Uh, Aquaman is first introduced to Atlantis. I thought there was some pretty awesome, you know, uh, visuals there. Absolutely, you know. Um, And it did remind me a bit of when we first got to see Asgard in the first Thor movie, right? Mm -hmm. There's a bit of uh, wonder and awe as you are 
transported to this uh, fantasy world, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, uh, I didn't outright hate this movie. There were some aspects to it I did enjoy, and I thought, in particular, the visuals of Atlantis was a bright spot. Yeah, it looked cool. It looked pretty cool, you know, that part of it, for sure. Um, but yeah, you were talking a bit before about how this movie was kind of a throwback movie, a superhero movie that felt like a superhero movie from an earlier time. Like mm-hmm. you mentioned what early two thousands, right? Yeah. I yeah. It so. kind of felt like that a little mm-hmm. bit. Right. And, um, I mean, to me, not in a good way, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I have some stuff to go kind of deep on, but any other thoughts on, the like the retro feel of it um yeah i mean the music was okay oh my gosh that ocean of ocean song I oh thought, wait is that that pitbull song yeah the pitbull song <laughs> uh, i could i mean because before the movie even came out that song was released and there was so much hate to it that yeah. when the song played during the movie you hear did you hear everyone's reaction in the, the theater yeah there were some chuckles uh-huh. there were some groans too i think yeah right yeah <laughs> so that was funny i thought that was really funny but i thought it was funny too and when i had first heard that there was a pitbull song featured in the movie i kind of figured it would be you know played at the end credits yes yeah, you know saying that kind of uh, like that m&m song for venom you know mm-hmm. but they played it right in the middle of the movie it was kind of surprising you know and really middle, cheesy yeah and like in kind of like an important part of the movie where they're switching like scenes or um switching what's happening on in the storyline yeah it was basically a part of the movie where they were transitioning from the ocean to desert yeah right so yeah kind of a, a big moment in the movie and uh here comes pitbull very strange <laughs> yeah um but there was also a lot of confusion for with aquaman like me and you and christian talked about like all the plot holes the movie had after the movie about like its connection with justice league and some other minor points but yeah, you know, I I think those are some things that we only catch on like if you're like a hardcore comic fan, because yeah. if you're not, then you don't notice those things. But, <laughs> um, I don't know that th- that kind of threw me off. Yeah, look, uh, if you are an Aquaman fan, and you read the comics and you are deeply familiar with the character maybe you don't have as many problems with the logic of the movie, but there are so many things in this movie that don't make any sense. Yeah. If you're not familiar with anything besides the movie itself, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, there's only there's almost too many to list. But yeah, a lot of plot holes, a lot of logic errors. And, you know, with a movie like this, which, which is kind of uh, unabashedly goofy... Um, sometimes you just got to throw that out the window. It's like, okay, let's not get like tied up with logic stuff. But there were just so many of those issues that it, it really distracts you from what's going on. That's a good way to describe it. It's a a distraction. Yeah. It's very distracting. 
Okay, so uh, I mean, we'll, we have plenty more to say, but yeah, let me get into thing. Yeah, yeah, my thing, uh-huh. like, so my, this is kind of bottom line stuff for me. Go for it. But um, we keep bringing up uh, Bill Maher, right? So um, this is a news item we brought up a couple episodes back with Stanley's passing. But after Stanley passed, the TV personality Bill Maher had some kind of negative comments to say, not so much about Stan himself, but more towards like his fans, like people like us, right? Mm-hmm. And um, he kind of called out comic culture and superhero fans and pop culture geeks as being basically stupid, right? I, I pulled again some of his words. I want to read exactly this uh, little bit, mm-hmm. which I have read before, but here we go again. Uh, Bill Maher wrote, Our culture hasn't necessarily gotten stupider. We're just using our smarts on stupid stuff. Why do I bring this up? Because I feel like, you know, when we first caught wind of this statement, like both you and I were kind of pissed, right? We're like, this is bullshit. He doesn't understand comics. Comics is not just for kids. Comics aren't stupid. Comics can be deep and meaningful. And we cited like these great comics creators like Ed Brubaker and Robert Kirkman and Frank Miller. And we cited comic book movies like Black Panther and like, look at Black Panther. How can you call this movie unimportant? How can you call this movie stupid, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, after seeing Aquaman, I almost kind of get it. Like, okay, Bill, uh, you're kind of right, you know, because let's say you're not like super into comic books and superhero movies like we are, and you come across this movie. You go watch Aquaman, and you're like totally like, you don't really know about any of this stuff. I feel like after watching this movie, you'd be like, this shit is stupid, you know, like, Comics are stupid. This whole culture is stupid. Why are people watching this? This country is getting dumb. I get it because this movie, I mean, I'll say outright, this is a stupid ass movie. It's stupid, okay? <laughs> it's it's so, oh, like, it's it's hard to put into words, but it's, uh, you, you brought up the word basic, right? It's yeah. so basic. Like, the script felt like it was written by a teenage boy. You know, uh, this crossed my mind a lot, how this movie was, I mean, I don't want to perpetuate gender norms, but it really felt like this movie was meant for teenage boys. It also felt like it was written by a teenage boy, too. But um, the, the, the level of intelligence of the movie uh, is just so low. It's so, like, lowest common denominator. It It just, like, gave you like the basic stuff like effects and big muscles and yes women's cleavage i want to talk about that a bit but the the mara character in this movie is very throwback also Mm -hmm. and what do i mean by that well uh as an example or not an example as a comparison um the wonder woman movie also a dceu movie made a huge splash Tons of box office. People loved it. And um, there was this feeling when Wonder Woman came out that it was this great breakthrough, right? It was a movie that really took female superheroes to the next level, right? Yeah. With Aquaman, I feel like 
this Mera character took female superhero characters back down like two levels. <laughs> you know what I mean? If, I mean, I wouldn't say that much. Well, I just want to hear your thoughts. Yeah. Keep going. So I'm not talking about like the empowerment of the character. Like that character, she did help Aquaman, right? She did yeah. help save the day and everything. But I'm simply, I'm simply talking about uh, the the look of the character. Mm-hmm. She was highly sexualized. You know, it, it it struck me. You know, like we don't really see this in uh, movies at all anymore. We got the Me Too stuff going on, and um, superhero movies have evolved for the most part. You know, um, we aren't so much seeing the scantily clad woman, the objectified woman as much yes we do still see it i mean i'm not saying it's gone it's like oh we fixed it no d- absolutely not uh but um the culture of our times has evolved you know um seeing this character in a low-cut top almost the whole movie was was pretty shocking to me i'm like whoa this is uh this is something else <laughs> you know <laughs> it's stuff uh it's a costume yeah, well, specifically, uh, it's it's the the costume that Amber Heard wears when she's underwater, basically. Like, she's not wearing this outfit every single scene she's in, um, but she's seen a lot in it. So her look is with wet hair, um, this skin-tight outfit with r- a really low plunging neckline, lots of cleavage, and she's her hair's all done up. She's got uh, makeup and, like... Um, the eyelashes and everything. It was a really like sexualized look. Uh, so yeah, a, a, another thing that kind of calls out the retro-ness of it. And also the aspect I was talking about earlier about how this movie seems it was meant for teenage boys, you know, uh, specifically I should say uh, heterosexual teenage boys. But um, it was, yeah, just another component of of that sort of, I don't know, immaturity of the movie. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So now that I've said that, any thoughts on like the sexualization of this character or just sort of the, the dumbing down in general that I'm talking about? I mean, if we're just talking in terms of the costume, the wet hair, I can't help but laugh about because, I mean, it's kind of, you can't avoid that. You have to have that. I'll give you that. Because it's, underwater and everything but i do agree on everything else like there was a lot of cleavage shown and everything mm-hmm. um you brought up wonder woman um there's also like the um okoye in like black panther how she's like in full armor yeah um but i mean there's also like other characters like black widow who are also like in skin tight are um costuming yeah yeah um but again, I mean, Black when that movie first came out about Black Widow, that was back in like early 2012, 08. And you did, like you said, like we've kind of moved on from that. Like we're in this like yeah. YouTube movement. So uh, I mean, there, I can make an argument for both sides, but I can't agree, but I can't disagree with you yeah, about yeah. the costume. I can just say, yeah, it is very sexualized. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, it kind of reminded me of some of the outfits you might see at a comic convention, you know, the cosplayers. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of female cosplayers who uh, dress quite provo- provocatively, right? Um, and there's this whole thing called cosplay is not consent. Um, 
you know, I think a lot of comic convention goers look upon women who dress in a certain way as an invitation to ask them on a date or harass them or et cetera, et cetera, you know. Um, Of course, you know, that's... (laughs) It's wrong. Don't do it. Uh, but uh, it just this outfit reminded me of that because um, you don't really see um, sexy costumes like this so much in movies and TV shows. You do see them at conventions, right? Um, but uh, not so much in in the movies. Uh, so it really stuck out. I'm like, whoa! It's like she, it looks like she came straight out of a comic convention you know it was like striking Mm -hmm. very very uh very striking for Mm -hmm. sure no but i mean other than her costuming i mean i thought the character was pretty powerful she really you know aquaman really relied on her for a lot of things like getting into atlantis getting out of atlantis finding out where the trident was and everything and her powers are when she's underwater pretty awesome like the way she could control water yeah um, but yeah, I mean, keep going with your thoughts. Well, um, <laughs> yeah, you bring up some good points. Like even I admitted that she is an empowered character. She helps Aquaman. She helps save the day. Yeah, she's no like question. no damsel in distress. In yeah, the- that's true. Yeah, she is. She's a superhero, right? Yeah. She's not like uh, a damsel in discre- distress, like you said. Um, but. <laughs> It's hard to to focus on that stuff when you're seeing what you're seeing. Like the look of the movie to me, I, I did give some give some praise to Atlantis, right? Like mm-hmm. the um, the look of of that setting was cool, but um, the overall the look it, it was just too much. Like um, look, like it's a the the first Thor movie is a good comparison, right? Because when you are introduced to Asgard, um, I felt a similar sort of things. Like, wow, this place is beautiful. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's amazing looking. Um, like Wakanda also. That, yeah, that mm-hmm. too. I was thinking that when uh, in the beginning of Black Panther when you were first brought to that world. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, a big difference is, just going back to Thor, like the whole movie isn't just all... Asgard, all sort of like eye candy and fantasy and surreal images, right? Mm-hmm. It's sort of it's sort of uh, um, evened out with uh, you know Earth and um, you know um, Thor Thor out outside of his 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 main costume, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so this is sort of like evened out there. There's some balance, right? Mm-hmm. But with Aquaman, we're talking like the full like length of the movie where you just this this visual style is used throughout right the whole thing feels like really surreal and it wasn't rooted in any in any kind of reality right so it's, it's hard to sort of uh you know uh, identify with the characters and everything is just so otherworldly you know um and is yeah, there's no there's no grounding to the characters, and the story was really ridiculous. Yeah, that's what I definitely got a hold of. Like you know, like them like kind of like talking underwater, like like without any problems. You know, because I don't know if that's like physically possible <laughs> yeah. or 
like scientifically possible because you know of all the vibrations going on underwater i don't think like sound can travel like as if you're talking on the air so that kind of distracted me but again like you said this is totally out of reality you can't really compare this how 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 can this be done to anything because this is this is not normal you know (laughs) so you can't that's for damn sure it's hard to like compare it to what how would it look like you know and i think they did the best of how they could imagine it but it was just so campy and you just can't help but be like this is so fake it can never happen yeah yeah and you know i hate to continually compare superhero movies to the MCU, but you can't help but do it, right? Yeah. They're kind of the gold standard now, right? Um, But what Marvel Studios has done is really done the, uh, the really challenging task of taking these larger than life characters, these surreal and fantastical characters and really brought um, a grounding to them, like you understand them, and they have human attributes and attributes that you can relate to, right? Um, it's you know, it's really quite an achievement what they've done there, and it's super hard. And I get it if you know, with with this subject matter, with Aquaman in particular, like it's probably a good thing that they were just like, let's just throw out, throw all that out the window. Let's just go for pure fantasy. Um, and I think there's a place for that, you know. But I would argue that even that wasn't really done right, you know. Yeah. Um, to me, maybe that is the difference between a movie like Venom versus Aquaman. Venom, like I've been telling you, surprisingly, I did enjoy. Um, like Aquaman, I think it was just kind of a bad movie in, in the traditional sense in terms of, like, the script and whatnot. But... Um, I felt with Venom, there was this awareness. Like, they were kind of in on the joke. It was almost, it was almost like the filmmakers were like, yeah, I know we're making a shitty movie. Just just like, just, <laughs> just, just work with us and play yeah. along, okay? Mm-hmm. But Aquaman, I never got that feel. Like, I felt like with Aquaman, they were really trying to make a good movie and like a serious movie, you know? And you keep bringing up campy. I didn't think it was that campy. I thought it was just plain bad, you know? (laughs) Like there wasn't like a wink, wink quality to it, you know? Um, Yeah, just going to some of the specifics, you know, there was comedy in it. Like there was um, some jokes in there. And I keep going back to this like whole teenage boy thing, but I felt like the jokes were like that of a teenage boy. There was a joke about uh, peeing. Like um, there's this one moment where Mera uses the water within Aquaman to um, hydrate this thing so they can, uh, I don't know, get that trident or something. Yeah, or... to unlock where some an audio or visual message from the king. Right, to... to, to to, to determine the location of the, the magic trident, right? yeah. basically. Yeah. And then Aquaman, after all this, uh, this like, uh, effects extravaganza uh, where she draws the water out of him and is able to successfully get this location, he makes the joke that, oh, we could have just peed on it, right? <laughs> um, and, like, that's the level of humor in this movie. It's, like, that kind of humor. Very similarly... There's a, there's a joke that Aquaman makes about how he smells. Like, Mero makes 
kind of this jab at him about how he like doesn't smell so great. And this, this blew my mind because they were underwater. They're underwater. So first off, like, can you smell body odor underwater? Like, maybe Atlanteans can. Maybe I don't know. Um, but she makes a jab at him about smelling bad, and then he kind of like smells his armpit, right? Mm-hmm. As if, to, and and he's like, "Oh yeah, I do smell." <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. It's so ridiculous. Like, a, uh, you know, like it doesn't make any sense that you know body order would be this thing underwater, and b, it just goes back to that whole thing about the 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 the, the level of comedy and just the level of writing in general in the movie. It's just so like immature you know it's, it's for little boys basically and um i don't know i'm not a little boy like I, I kept thinking if i was a teenager and i watched this movie i would probably love this movie like there's stuff in it i would love i would love amber heard's cleavage i would love uh jason momoa's big muscles i would love this like uh pee and and smelly armpits humor of it and uh, the visuals and the effects and everything i would love um, but uh, I happen to be a grown ass man now, and I thought it was terrible. <laughs> Period. So, anything else on uh, on this one? Any other thoughts? Any other thoughts? Um, I mean, if they're gonna make a sequel to Aquaman, I just kind of hope like they take themselves more seriously, <laughs> you know. So, even though you enjoyed it, even you admit that. The movie was pretty damn ridiculous. It was. And yeah. it was kind of a joke of a movie in a way, right? It definitely was, yeah. I kind of just hope, like, you know, in the next, if they make a sequel, that, you know, because this is, I, I think I mentioned it as a theater, like, this is an origins and a sequel movie to a movie that never happened. <laughs> um, so yeah. I feel like now that we've got, like, the groundwork's done about who Aquaman is. Like, let's move on and try to get some more, like, know more about Aquaman in the next mm-hmm. movie. And let's take, like, kind of like a more serious tone. That's my thing. Okay. Um, yeah. And to your point, man, you mentioned that uh, this movie if anything, could act as like, okay, this is sort of the setup. This is like the origin story. And the next one, maybe we can just kind of hit the ground running, you know. Mm -hmm. I would even argue that it doesn't even work that well as an origin story because I myself was like questioning, like, uh, like what exactly can Aquaman do? And how did he become Aquaman? You know, like all the stuff that like a good origin story gives you, I felt we didn't get that, you know. Um, you and I were were comics readers. We're huge fans of superheroes. Um, I'm not very familiar with Aquaman. You know, I don't know exactly his power. So, that, you know, that alone was something I was kind of looking forward to. It's like, oh, let me get acquainted with this character. Let me get to know Aquaman. I never really did, you know. Like, I, mm-hmm. I didn't really understand the extent of his powers. It seems like he has this invulnerability, super strength. He can swim super fast. He can talk to sea creatures. Um, but I, I just wasn't really sure sure what he could and couldn't do, you know. I would love to know more of that, you know. And I just d- didn't get that, you know. Um, I thought 
maybe it could have been more of an origin story. Like, give me more. You kind of see stuff in flashback. You see the the Willem Dafoe character kind of training him, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just bits and pieces, and I didn't really get the full story of uh, of Aquaman. So yeah, that that left me hanging too. Um, what else? You know, um, I talked about quite a bit the the script. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the script is god awful. I mean <laughs> I don't think anyone's denying that so much. It's not Oscar worthy. It's yeah, <laughs> to say the least, right? Um, I just wanted to call out two specific things. Um, are you a familiar? Familiar with the term douche chills? No, what is <laughs> okay. that? So, it's maybe not the most uh, PC term, but uh, it's uh, a term from the TV show Arrested Development. But um, you're probably familiar with the term goose chills, right? It's like, oh, that gave me goose chills, yeah, right? Okay. Um, so douche chills is a similar thing where you feel uneasy, but it's Specifically, it makes you feel uneasy because of how corny it is. So, like cringeworthy. Cringeworthy. That's a very good uh, similar term, right? Uh-huh. Uh, but needless to say, I got douche chills a couple times during <laughs> this movie, or not a couple times, many times. But these two in particular. Um, so, uh, Black Manta. We, we brought up the Black Manta character. Um, so, why does he hate Aquaman so much? You actually see the scene explaining why and it's because aquaman allows his father to die and black manta is on a uh, quest for revenge after that right uh so there's this moment which should have been a really emotional moment right where black manta's father tells his son um well i'll read you the the almost the exact quote he says you need to stay alive to kill that son of a bitch mm-hmm. that's what he says you know um and yes, the script's bad, but the line delivery's bad also. And like, it's just, uh, it's hard to explain just in words. Like, you have to see the scene <laughs> to know what I'm talking about. It's just really corny. Um, also, <clears throat> we haven't talked about the Patrick Wilson character too much, right? Aquaman's brother. Yeah. So he's actually the main enemy in this movie. Black Manta's kind of a secondary villain in this mm-hmm. one. Uh, but basically, Patrick Wilson plays. The Ocean Master, right? Um, kind of a corny, super villain name, right? Um, but uh, that cheesiness of the name is really amplified because at the end of the movie, like someone asks him, I think one of his henchmen, he asks him something and he says, I am the Ocean Master. And <laughs> another line that just like stood out like a sore thumb. <laughs> and yes, again, a moment where I got douche chills. And the movie is chock full of them. Like, I think there are these lines in the movie and moments in the movie that were kind of meant to, I don't know. Be more uh, dramatic. Well, I I was going to say it was for comic nerds to sort of geek out about. Uh Uh-huh. Right? It's like, ooh, Ocean Master. Yeah. You know? Um, But they just fell flat. They were just, it was just too corny. It was just too corny. Like, along those lines, um, we see the iconic orange and green Aquaman suit in this movie, right? Yeah. And I felt like that moment, which is near the end of the movie, that was meant to be a geek out moment. It was a moment for comic nerds to be like, oh, yeah, we get to see the Aquaman suit, right? Which, you know, you didn't get to see in Justice League or for, or for most of this movie. But I got to say, that costume 
looked hella cheesy to me. You know, it looked like, kind of like what I was saying with the mirror costume, it looked like something someone would wear at a comic convention. And yeah, there are great cosplay efforts at comic conventions, but it looked like it was from a convention. Maybe not even a great convention, like a lower tier convention, you know? <laughs> it wasn't great, man. Like, I was like, oh, Momo looks a lot better in his previous outfits in this, like, this bright orange top, you know? So, I don't know. I, I'm going on and on here. Um, any any other thoughts before we move on to mm, yeah. Spider-Verse? Uh-huh. I'm good. Okay. <laughs> um, I, you know, I wanted to say, too, that I've shit on the DCEU a lot, and obviously I'm continuing to shit on the <laughs> DCEU here, um, but I'm just being honest. This is my honest reaction to this movie. I wanted to like this movie. I love Jason Momoa. Um I love James Wan. I wanted to like this movie. I, I went in feeling like, oh, I felt like um, this could be fun in the way that Venom was fun. Like, I, I was hoping for that. I felt like I didn't get that. I felt that that was taken from me. Um, I'm not specifically hating on DC because I'm a Marvel fan. I, I'm trying to look at this objectively. And this is a shitty-ass movie, you know? Um, ugh, it, like... I'm getting a little worked up here, but like, uh, bottom line is I wanted to like this movie. I wanted to like this movie, and uh, let's let's leave on a slightly positive thing here because um, I, I was saying there are some aspects of the movie I did enjoy. Jason Momoa is a very charming actor. It's he absolutely continues to be charming in this movie. Um, the camera loves him. He's very likable. Absolutely. Um, what else? Uh, oh yeah, I mentioned the the look of Atlantis cool i like that you know i think the um the production design there was was on point for sure Mm -hmm. and very importantly um i wanted to say there was one action scene that was fantastic and um you mentioned how you like the action in this movie more than venom um with this one scene i would agree you know it's the black manta versus aquaman scene it's really cool you know it's a really great action scene and it's actually intercut with uh mira fighting mm-hmm. uh one of black man manta's henchmen right yeah um a really uh, well orchestrated action scene legit exciting and um a lot of thrills there uh so yeah let's leave leave it there on, on, on a positive is right it, is it the one in italy it is yeah it, it's a fight in italy uh that uh, i thought was pretty badass you know for sure I would have, like, argued, like, that scene kind of put me to sleep. What? So, (laughs) what action scene did you like more then? I like the action scene of Ocean Master against um, Aquaman. Like, the first time they fight in in Atlantis. Oh, it's, like, almost like a tournament battle. Yeah. Like, they're fighting for the crown, essentially. Okay. Yeah. I I think because I was just interested in how that that battle scene would be used. Like, if um, any, like like being underwater whether they use like any like features of that mm-hmm. okay. something different yeah and i enjoyed it for the most part like again the cgi kind of like distracted me but it was interesting something different that i hadn't seen before i'll agree it was different uh-huh. not in a great way for not, me but yeah. it, it was different it was uh-huh. different and um yeah, just real quick, now that you mentioned that, I think the reason why it liked the Black Mana battle more is because it took place above water. And um, 
I always go back to the relatability of things. I felt like all the underwater stuff, I couldn't really relate to. It just seemed so fantasy, like, oh, the people are talking underwater. How does that work? And um, the hair is all wavy and didn't look real. Um, I felt like when they were above water and fighting in Italy, like, there was some more real moments when, like, a building blows apart, you know. It was, like, more authentic. Yeah, there was real danger, and I just felt a little more real. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, anyhow. Okay. Let's move on uh, to greater things. (laughs) Uh, Into the Spider-Verse. So, we talked a lot on Aquaman, maybe too much. (laughs) But let's be sure to get our thoughts on this movie, because I know both of us had strong feelings after seeing this. Um, Perfirio, tell me about your experience watching this movie. Yeah, so like I like I said, I kind of went to the theater just like not expecting much. Um, when the trailer came out and everything, I was like, okay, this seems like a cool movie. Um, the visuals I was excited to see. Surprisingly, I've never read a Miles Morales comic, even though I have like the first graphic novel of Miles Morales somewhere in my comics box so now you can get on it i do yeah you gotta do it uh-huh and this movie took blew me away in every aspect like from the very beginning when miles morales is first introduced you you kind of see something different um i mean even i think that um this movie knew that it was going to be different it tells you in the opening line like yeah, this is a Spider-Man movie. I'm Peter Parker. I was bitten by Spider. You know the rest because he kind of like <laughs> he kind of skips over like the Uncle Ben kind of segment. He's right. like, yeah, right. you know, you know the rest. With great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. Then we get introduced to Miles Morales, and then you're just kind of like, okay, who is this kid? Yeah. Um, and you kind of know his background. You know he. He's an Afro-Latino student, which was already, I found the relatability for me. Like, when he's talking to his mom in Spanish about, like, getting ready in the beginning Mm. of the the school day. Yeah. And talking to his friends, I was, like, already, like, oh, my gosh, I could. Like, I've always grown up being relatable to Peter Parker. Yeah. And just to also have that relatability with Miles Morales, I was, like, this is, like, another Spider-Man I can totally see myself in yeah and i loved it and then another aspect that i loved about the film was even when they spoke in spanish there wasn't any like english subtitles right i don't know if you noticed that that. it was it was just kind of spanish and i was like i was interested after the movie i was wondering why they did that and the director said you know spanish is just kind of like it should be so normalized in our society now that it shouldn't have to have like any um, subtitles mm-hmm. and everything. It should kind of be like another universal known language like English. Oh, that's cool. And so I was like, I love that fact. And um, I mean, that's already like just the first five minutes. I'm like going on <laughs> yeah. and on about it. Yeah. Um, but. There's just so much of the film that there's so much to unpack. I don't know where to go from here. I mean, do you want to talk about your first experience? Yeah, sure. You know, um, yeah, I I feel the same way as you in that there are so many things that are awesome about this movie that 
I kind of don't even know where to start, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you had mentioned to me in a previous conversation how this movie feels like a comic book come to life. I really agree with that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's the sentiment of a lot of people that have seen this movie. And actually, um, I heard an interview with the producers of this movie recently. Uh, the producers of this movie are um, Lord and Miller, who are pretty big shot producers in Hollywood now. They did the Lego movie. They did Ch- 21 Jump Street. But um, they got some some clout in Hollywood. And uh, they were heavily involved in, in making this movie. Um, but they mentioned how that was something they were specifically going for. They were going for trying to make an animated movie feel like you were reading a comic book. And on that front, the people who made this movie nailed it. They did. (laughs) They killed it. This was the comic book reading experience on the big screen. It's something I've never seen before. You know, I think I've hinted... um, not even hinted, I've mentioned before that there are some movies that are, uh, they they feel like comic books come to life. You know, um, I think uh, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, not so much number three, (laughs) no, one and two, and like the Tim Burton uh, Batman movies, I think uh, they're in that vein. But man, now that I've seen Into the Spider-Verse, now I know like this is a comic book come to life and we've never seen it done this well before Mm -hmm. and it was really refreshing to see that so just that alone um you know never mind the characters the story and all that just let's just talk about the visuals the visuals are beautiful and um you know uh they're really awesome to look at but also they look like nothing we've ever seen before. This is new territory. Um, I felt this movie was kind of for me because I was telling you before, I've never been huge into animated movies, but after seeing this movie, I'm like, oh shit, like, I think I'm into animated movies now because if they can look like this, holy shit, you know, I'm in, dude. Mm. Um, Also, the look of the movie is a huge nod to comics readers like us i say comics readers but you prefer you i know you haven't been reading as many comics lately so you should get (laughs) back into that but that aside um uh comics readers watch this movie this is for you this is this is a gift from the gods for us okay um as much as you know uh what Marvel Studios has done. You know, th- their movies in a very different way are a huge treat to comics readers, right? Um, they've, like we, I've said before, they, they've, uh, they've brought a relatability um, and identifiability to these characters who are, in comics, very um, fantastical and otherworldly. Um, with Spider-Verse, though, it maintains that fantasy. It still has the fantastical look of the comics, um, but it's put in a movie in the right way, and the way that the characters are developed and the story is told, never mind these images you're seeing, which are, like, way crazy, um, you still feel the emotional impact of a great live-action movie, right? 
Like when Miles Morales is is going through what he's going through, trying to become Spider-Man, trying to be worthy, trying to do the right thing, um, the emotional impact is there, which is which is phenomenal. You know, like for a movie that looks like this to get to your heart that way, it's pretty special. Yeah. You know, it, it's an achievement. It's a huge achievement. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was gonna say it definitely has like it. De- it was definitely like pop art visuals yeah, yeah um there was just like if you notice on some scenes like there's just some scenes that has like kind of like just like dots like it's not yeah. even like full imagery it's just like dots that make an image yeah right and that's something that you only kind of see like in art like yeah not right. even like film like in film you kind of see that in art yeah so it's right literally art coming to life and I don't know, yeah. I I didn't know if you caught this or not. Like, it totally kind of bothered me during sometimes during the film. But about, like, there are some scenes where, like, the background is kind of blurry. Yes. And, you know, the front and center characters or objects were, like, in total clear view. But then, like, mm-hmm. you see, like, buildings in the back that were just kind of blurry. They yeah. kind of, like, had, like, a... 3d effect to them yeah and i thought it was my eyes for a sec thinking like oh my gosh am i tired am <laughs> yeah. i seeing things but then i just kind of realized like that's something you read in a comic you know like yeah having like the object front and center be like the thing to pay attention to mm-hmm. and just everything else is good just kind of like like what steve Ditko would do about just kind of like yeah. having it be filler and yeah. just be like a place that you wouldn't see like or you would see every day but you can't find like on a map you know like buildings trees yeah um schools that kind of stuff yeah yeah you know we talk a lot about how faithful are these movies to the source material right we talk about that a lot mm-hmm. um like, I don't know if there's a movie that is more faithful to source material than this movie, right? Yeah. Because not only does it, like, follow a lot of the same characters and storylines, but, yeah, the look of it, right? Um, the look is, like we've been saying, straight out of a comic book. And, yeah, in comics, you know, particularly older comics, um, the background is maybe less important. You know, I, you know, uh, Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko back in the day they were cranking out issue after issue, and um, their art is beautiful. But a lot of the times, they didn't have time to like yeah. draw in the trees mm. and the buildings, building in the background, and the movie reflects that. It's amazing. And then the dots, you know, we're talking about like the whole pop art thing. Like the dots in the movie, they're not because oh, Andy Warhol and you know Roy Lichtenstein put dots in their artwork. No, it's because that's how comics looked back in the 60s and the 70s, right? Yeah. Like the printing of the comics would be such that you would see the dots. Like nowadays, you don't see dots. Like the resolution is much better now, right? But because comics of that era looked like that, they included it in the movie, you know, which is totally mind-blowing. That's like, wow, um, this is meant for us. You know, this is meant for comics people. And that's so cool. And I'll go further, too. Like, you talk about uh, the history of comics. Like, the, the look of it was this great homage to the looks, the look of, of how comics used to be. Um, but the movie gives so much credit to comics creators, too. You know, there's this uh, respectfulness to creators that is so awesome. You know, it's cool how... In like you know the movies of the MCU, there's these 
little Easter eggs all over the place, right? You know, um, the Easter eggs in Spider-Verse isn't so much like, oh, hey, look, here's a Spider-Man's belt signal, you know, like we saw at the end of Civil War. Mm-hmm. It, it, the Easter eggs are comics creators, right? So yeah. Stuff that, like, it, most people don't give a shit about, right? But there's, like, in the background you see, um, I wrote this down, uh, Romita Ramen. Like, something most people don't give two shits about. But it's a call-out to the great artist John Romita, one of the original Spider-Man artists, you know? Um, and the movie is chock full of them, right? So many of these little Easter eggs. I'm sure I missed a ton of them. Um, so much tribute, so much respect. So much. And it's not just Lee and Ditko. Stan Lee and Steve Ditko get huge props in this movie. Yes, there is an awesome Stan Lee cameo in it. And at the end, um, Lee and Ditko are thanked. Um but it's not just them. No, yeah. We're talking like Spider-Man comics creators throughout the decades. You know, Brian Michael Bendis, John Romita, you know, of course, Lee and Ditko, um, the uh, co-creator of Miles Morales, Sarah Pacelli. She and Brian Michael Bendis created Miles, and um, they're uh, given nods as well. And it is so refreshing to see that, you know, like um, in... Uh, throughout history, uh, comics creators have gone through rough times. You know, um, uh, the story of the Superman creators. I think we talked about this a little bit um, when we last met, Rafael. Yeah. But um, yeah, Siegel and Schuster, um, they lived tragic lives. You know, the creators of Superman, they should have been billionaires, billionaires you know, but they, yeah. they, they, they had really rough lives. And to see a, a, a movie. Uh, a big budget, you know, movie in the theaters to give comics creators credit like this. It's really, really heartwarming. So, um, yeah, we don't want to go on and on, but, uh, yeah, any other um, thoughts on Spider-Verse? Yeah, I mean, there's so much to go on. Um, The music, I love the music. It was another thing. It was, you know, it was Spider-Verse happening in Brooklyn, right? Yes. Yep. Miles yeah. Morales is from Brooklyn. Uh, so there is a lot of hip hop songs in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know if the artists are from Brooklyn or not, but there was a lot. You know, hip hop was born in. No, was it born in Harlem or? Well, it was. I mean, from New York City. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, but the beats I was totally digging. I was mm-hmm. loving it. Um, Miles Morales, he was singing along to those songs yeah. in in the beginning. Even when he went to the elite school, he was still singing it. And yeah. he didn't forget his roots or anything. Like, he was totally, like, like he just kind of, like, brought up his neighborhood in every way he could. Like, whether it being his art, type of music he listened to, even his fashion. Like, how he really didn't like the clothing, the 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 uniform the school made him dress up and he was yeah. always just changing it up to just kind of like acknowledge his roots and everything. I thought that yeah. was a beautiful homage. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I mean, again, I just loved every aspect of the movie. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up the music because I loved it too. You know, there are so many aspects to this movie that are fresh, you know, like, 
I mean, basically everything about this movie was a breath of fresh air to me. You know, the music, mm -hmm. the aesthetics, the characters, the storytelling. Um, man, I'm telling you, th this movie is really like nothing we've ever seen before. And when I say seen, like, yeah, I keep going back to the visuals, but yeah, the, 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 the what you hear too, the music is mm -hmm. fresh. Um, there's, there's, yeah, like you said, there's a lot of hip hop. You know, we don't get a lot of hip hop in superhero movies, right? Um, Black Panther had some hip hop, but the hip hop in Black Panther was more like the score, right? We didn't hear hip hop songs so much in Black Panther, but we get that with Spider-Verse, right? Mm -hmm. So that was really fresh. Um, yeah, like I said, the aesthetics, the characters, the storytelling, really fresh. Like, yeah, the storytelling too. I think w with the visuals of it and these fresh new characters and the, the music and all that, um, you kind of lose sight of the storytelling. The, the storytelling is really unique too, right? It's, it's, it's not a straightforward story. There's, there's all these like this different universes and everything, which uh -huh. is really off the wall, but somehow uh, they made it work yeah, beautifully, the, really beautifully. The storytelling is also like very complex kind of yeah. thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like compared to like Aquaman, Aquaman was kind of like perfect in every way. Like he was able to withstand bullets and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. Miles Morales, he couldn't figure out how to get his superpowers and everything. Right, and right. You know, for anyone who reads the Spider-Man comic, you know Spider-Man always never kind of, he didn't know right away how to get his, use his superpowers. Yeah. And so you kind of relate to that on a bit. Like, he's just your average teenager who's also going through, like, his everyday kind of situations. Like we said in a previous um, Spider-Man podcast, that's what we love about Spider-Man. Like, yeah. Morales Morales, he's, yeah, trying to be his own character, but he still lives within the same spirit of Spider-Man. Yeah. Of just, like, being that everyday kind of person trying to get by who has his own struggles, fighting, facing his own demons, but doesn't forget who he is and tries to look out for others. Yeah. And the movie captures that so beautifully that I just, even Stan Lee meant, um, captures that. Yeah. His cameo just captures what it means to be Spider-Man. Totally. And I just couldn't help but like tear up and um, think about that. Yeah, yeah, man, same, same, same. Yeah, with uh, Miles Morales, it's so great because the struggles he goes through is the same s struggle that a lot of us go through. Like, you know, yeah, he fights supervillains and stuff in this movie, but the main stuff that he struggles with is, you know, trying to date a girl, trying to fit in. You know, earlier in the movie at his original school, he really fit in well, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone knew him. He's He's like, you know big hot shot but then he goes to this new school and he's just trying to fit in you know and then um you know later after he gets his powers he's struggling with like doing the right thing like what do i do mm. like no one's given him any direction like he's given these powers and then he's thrown in this situation and like he has to decide like what do i do like he wants to just run away and hide but he knows like he needs to do something, right? Um, and it's it's the same sort of stuff that everyday people go through. Like, what do I do? Like, what what is the right thing to do here? Mm -hmm. um, and the, the the situations he are in, he is in 
is super relatable. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. The storytelling is is all these situations that we can all relate to. And it is, yeah, in stark contrast to a movie like Aquaman where um, we're dealing with this godlike figure who um, doesn't have the same relatable aspects, yeah. right? Yeah, totally. Okay, um, so... Any other thoughts on Spider-Verse before we do our final wrap-up here? Um, I say the last thing we should talk about is just the Stan Lee cameos and okay. the tribute. I mean, it was, it was you know, the whole recent passing of Stan Lee and just yeah. that the movie also on top of the movie just being terrific. Like, that cameo was just kind of like the perfect tribute goodbye to Spider-Verse to stanley it kind of was yeah it was like even if stanley if the stanley cameo is going to be in avengers and endgame like this is like the perfect like this is going to be for me like the last cameo for me for stanley yeah it was pretty damn cool that the first stanley cameo to happen after his death was this one uh-huh. right um because um, we don't have to go through it word by word but basically Miles Morales gets his Spider-Man mask from Stan, mm-hmm. right? And um, during the time when Spider-Man dies, right, right, that's it, right. It, the Peter Parker has passed away at this Pe- point, and Miles Morales he's gained his Spider-Man mask. He because before Peter Parker died, he Peter Parker gave Miles Morales a um, mission to try to do. And Miles Morales is, like, totally confused. Like, I don't know if I could and everything. Like, so he's, like, what you say, he has no direction of where to go. Yeah. And then he goes and gets his mask. He f- he gets that empowerment of putting on the costume, getting the spirit of co- of Spider-Man. But at the same time, he's still scared. He's just, like, I don't want to fuck it up. I'm too yeah. scared. And then, like, when he talks to Stan Lee, Stan Lee's, like, um, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know what he says word to word, but it's something along the lines like, "Oh, um, don't worry about like the costume fitting, like uh, one size fits all." Eventually, right, right? Yeah, he said you'll you'll like grow into it or something uh, like that, right? And you know, you could take that as a literal meaning about like yeah, who fit into the costume, mm-hmm. but on a metaphorical meaning, that is so deep. Right? Meaning, like anyone could be Spider Man. Anyone yeah. can. Um, go through these struggles, and if they could get pull themselves together, they can accomplish anything. Like anyone can be successful, overcome fear, be in the moment, and just do the right thing. Um, Absolutely. I I I I'm totally in loss of words of how I want to say this, but <laughs> like I'm like. It's just so powerful. It and is. I don't know how. What's the best way to explain it? I don't know if you can help me. Uh, yeah, well, I think you explained it quite well. And just a side note, I think you mentioned to me you got pretty emotional when yeah. you saw that moment, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a really touching moment, particularly in light of Stanley's recent passing. Um, but it is so perfect in that that was Stanley's sentiment with Spider-Man. It's that this is a person we can all relate to. And yes, this is a person we can all be. We can all be Spider-Man, right? Mm -hmm. Um, This scene captures it. And the movie captures it as well. 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, in kind of a literal way, because there are tons of different Spider Mans in this movie, right? From all the different Spider verses. Um, but there's an underlying theme, not even so much underlying, an overlying theme that mm-hmm. it's, you know, anyone can be a hero, anyone can save the day, anyone can be Spider Man. Yeah. Right. And it's pretty, it's, it's, it's powerful. It's a very powerful message. And also, just real quick on that cameo again, um, it ended in a comedic way, too, because um, he says this pretty touching thing about how, like, you know, uh, it's a one-size-fits-all. Anyone can be Spider-Man. And then uh, there's a sign behind him that says, no refunds, oh, yeah. right? <laughs> I mean, like, that kind of goes back to, like, what we are saying, how, like, Stan kind of did what he did not so much to change the world, but really just to try to sell comics, right? Yeah. Like, that was his original intention. Like, he was trying to keep Marvel alive. Um, he was just trying to sell some comics. That's all he, what he, that's all he was trying to do. And, um, yeah, I like that little that, that comedic jab at the end. And also, that was in Stan's nature, too. He wasn't a real serious guy. He was a jokey kind of guy, you know? He made fun of himself. He made fun of his own comics. Um, it was perfect. It, it, that scene was, was, was spot on, mm-hmm. right? And then just the trivia at the end, how with Stanley's like glasses about like how anyone could be a hero. Yeah. Um, that was a beautiful quote. I forgot. Oh, what, right. That, they, they, uh-huh. they quoted him at the end yeah, too. Yeah, they quoted him. And I also, what I loved about it is like they not only like give knowledge to Stanley, but also Steve Ditko. Yeah, yeah very important. Like yeah. we said before, like, you know, past Marvel movies, it's always like, thank you, Stanley. Thank you, Stanley. And this movie, it's like one of the first movies, I think, a Spider Man movie that I've actually seen them actually give not and write out, like, thank you, Stanley and Steve Ditko. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, we've seen in Spider Man Homecoming, like, give him not to Steve Ditko, but like the costuming and yeah. everything. That's something like you would only know if you're like a comic book reader. Mm-hmm. Where in this movie, they straight out just tell you like, "No, it's not just Stanley. It's Stanley and Steve Ditko." Yeah, that's so, so cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, and you know we have seen him credited. You know, Spider-Man created by Stanley and Steve Ditko, but that's like the extent of it, right? Yeah. So, um, so awesome that uh, Ditko is, is given major props here as well. Um, so. We're riding high on Spider-Verse, obviously. Um, I hesitate to even bring it up, but, you know, there were some things in the movie that I wasn't super hot on. Um, I, you know, to me, it wasn't like a perfect movie. Let's just put it that way. So, mm-hmm. well, let me ask you first. Were, were there Was there anything in this movie that you disliked I at all? I don't think so. I think I was just so distracted by everything <laughs> going on that I was too happy to, like, nitpick anything that kind of, like, caught me off guard um yeah nitpick that's a good term because my my cons in the movie are certainly in that nitpicky category uh but i will say this um the miles morales character and you'll find this when you read his comics Mm -hmm. (laughs) but um you know peter parker never had a sidekick right um he never had a a Bucky to his Captain America, right? He never had a Robin to his Batman. Uh But Miles Morales sure as hell does. His name is Genki Lee. 
And Genki Lee is in this movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. But he has not a single line of dialogue. Um, I would have loved to see and hear more Genki. He is instrumental in Miles Morales comics. Um, so to have a story with minimal Genki eh, kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Um, it almost totally made up for it at the very end because they give Genki a nod at the end. Like um, we see this Asian roommate throughout the movie who doesn't say anything. You just see him now and then. Um, and to me, it was like, is that even Genki? Like, who, mm-hmm. is that supposed to be him? I don't know. Um, at the very end, it's confirmed. It is him because it's pretty quick. Um, but there's this little fist bump. You see Miles and Genki fist bump, and it has this little caption that says, Best Buds. Clearly, at that point, we know it is Genki Lee because they are best friends in the comics. And, um, yeah, they they are roommates, mm-hmm. and Genki is Asian. So, like at that point, it's like okay, it's definitely Genki, and mm-hmm. they 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 gave a nod to that, right? So it's almost all is forgiven, but like just knowing the history and being a fan of Miles Morales comics, and yes, being a huge Genki Lee fan, um, I would would have loved to see see more <laughs> of him. So a little nitpicky, but mm-hmm. I, it had to be said. It had to be said. Um, also, I wanted to say that the movie was very. Um, it was a big treat for fans of different Spider-Man suits. You know, we saw a lot of different Spider-Mans in the movie, but we also saw a lot of different Spider-Man suits, right? Um, there's a moment where Aunt May takes Miles into, like, this chamber, right, this underground lair uh, where Peter Parker, it was kind of like his bat cave almost, right? And he had this like collection of Spider-Man suits. It's really cool because we saw all these different Spider-Man suits. We saw the Iron Spider from Infinity War that mm. was in there. We saw the Spider-Man suit from the current video game, which is very popular right now. Um, so it was kind of a treat to see all these spider suits. But this has to be said as well because to me, I'm a huge Spider-Man fan, and probably my favorite all-time Spider-Man suit is the black symbiote suit. Mm-hmm. That did not appear in the movie. Um, at least I didn't see it. You know, maybe I missed it, but it certainly wasn't prominent. Um, I would have loved to see that at some point. I'm almost wondering maybe they're saving it for like a uh, sequel or something. Would they for that? He would need Venom. Yeah, I'm wondering maybe they wanted to keep the movie Venom free, so they kept the symbiote out entirely. Yeah. But, I mean, for a movie that really celebrates the history of Spider-Man in many different forms, I feel like it was a glaring omission to leave out the symbiote suit entirely, you know? Um, so, again, nitpicky, but I would have liked to see that. Um, that's about it, man. <laughs> uh, nothing but love for this movie almost on all fronts um and i'm glad you loved it as well Mm. i'm telling you like if you're a spider-man fan you're gonna love this movie i can't imagine anyone who is into spider-man that would not like this movie and if you're not into spider-man you're i feel like you also love this movie if you're tired of seeing the same old storyline of spider-man about uncle ben dying and all that kind of stuff yeah. this is a breath refresher that yeah love. that's a good point you know we keep talking about oh spider-man fans are gonna love this well 
you don't have to be a Spider-Man fan to love this movie. And um, it, it's a lot of what we've been saying, right? Um, anyone can relate to Spider-Man. Anyone can be Spider-Man, right? Um, and that same sentiment goes towards the audience, right? Like, you don't have to be into the, this stuff, like, deep, deep, deep to really get a lot out of it. Like, you watch this movie. Anyone can watch this movie and relate to what these characters are going through, you know? Yeah. And we talked a lot about Miles Morales. You know, he's very relatable. Um, the second Peter Parker we're introduced to is very relatable as well in a different way. Um so we mentioned Peter Parker does pass away in this movie. A Peter Parker from a different dimension shows up, and he's a very different Peter Parker. He's kind of an older Peter Parker, and he's kind of a down-and-out Peter Parker, right? Um, so whereas with Miles, you see a lot of this stuff where it's like uh, trying to fit in, trying to get the girl, trying to do the right thing, a lot of sort of like young man kind of problems. Mm-hmm. Um the uh, second Peter Parker we see see here is kind of going through a lot of like middle-aged man crisis sort of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Um, He's like getting out of shape and he's getting lazy. He's getting like unmotivated. Um, So like, you know, there's a a lot of stuff for a lot of people to relate to in this movie. Um, And real quick, uh, great sub-characters too, you know? Uh, the Penny Parker character is super cool. Um, it's this like Japanese schoolgirl who is like Spider Man from yet another Spider Verse. Um, Spider Gwen is in this movie. Um, Spider Man Noir, Spider Ham. Um, the villains are cool. Like, how cool does the Prowler look? You know? Yeah. Um, the Prowler looks super badass and. Um, you get a glimpse at a pretty decent rogues gallery here. We got the Kingpin, Green Goblin, um, Dr. Octopus, a a very different Dr. Octopus than we've seen before on the big screen. Uh Um, But uh, yeah, it's just a a huge treat. You know, this movie is is, uh, Christmas come early, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so um, let's wrap up uh, the episode here. Uh, like we mentioned earlier, we're going to rate uh, both movies. Um, yeah, what's your rating for Aquaman and Spider-Verse? Um, Aquaman, I would give it a 6 out of 10. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Spider-Verse, without a doubt, 10 out of 10. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Uh-huh. Um. Hey, you know, that's funny because, you know, traditionally you have rated a little higher than me. So our rule is to, to knock your rating down by one and add one to mine. And that yeah. gives like the true comparison. Mm-hmm. Well, if we use that rule, then we're exactly in line because I'm giving Aquaman a four and I'm giving Spider-Man first an eight. So... An eight? An eight. I'm shocked. <laughs> well, uh, like I said, uh, on our scale, we both come out to a nine there. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, it, it does uh, warrant, you know, uh, an explanation there because I've basically gushed and gushed and gushed for this movie that I'm not giving a nine or a ten on. Um, and... Uh, yeah, we'll see. You know, I saw this not long ago, so that might change on subsequent viewings. Um, but I just have to do that because of what 
I've given other movies. You know, for example, I gave Black Panther an eight as well, and mm-hmm. I'm saying outright this is not superior <laughs> to Black Panther mm-hmm. for me. And look, I, I mean, we've talked about this, but I am, uh, I'm pretty harsh with my ratings okay Uh so an eight is very high it's a very solid a very high eight if you want to call it um but uh, i did have uh you know some some minor drawbacks and that's why i'm giving it an eight um one thing i wanted to say too is and, and maybe it's because it is so new and so fresh it is so nothing like i've ever seen i mean it it is so much like like nothing I've ever seen before that I I can't even kind of process it you know like I can't it's hard for me to compare it to stuff because it is just it's just so new right so yeah um like at, at times I felt a little bit like um maybe a bit like too ADD seizure inducing at times I mean this movie is uh um it's kind of like an acid trip in some ways it's very psychedelic and mm-hmm. just jarring um uh maybe i felt that that was a little bit off-putting at times I, I can't say anything bad about it because it was in the spirit of the movie like in this world where uh, we have all these different dimensions crashing into each other it should look like glitchy right we see those glitchy moments in the movie and that does fit but i'm just saying that like it was hard for me to to like, I don't know, to to to, to take that. <laughs> it was hard to explain, but um, it, it was it, it's just so new and fresh. I'm I'm still kind of processing it. Also on Aquaman, real quick, I did want to mention this because um, you know, I'm giving it a very low rating, a four out of ten. Ain't great, uh, and I've talked about my dislike for this movie, but it has to be said. There is de-aging CGI in Aquaman that, to me, looks horrendous. It's terrible. I mean, uh, we've talked some about this before, about some uh, de-aging that works, some that doesn't work. I felt like uh, the Grand Moff Tarkin de-aging in uh, Rogue One was... Yeah, not great. Uh, the Robert Downey Jr. de-aging in Civil War I thought was quite awesome. Uh-huh. You know, that was in the context of a hologram, and I thought it looked pretty cool, you know. Um, but it, it just has to be said that the de-aging in Aquaman is just god-awful. It's just terrible, and they do it a lot, you know. They do it with the Nicole Kidman character. They do it with the Willem Dafoe character. They even do it with uh, the Aquaman dad character played by Tamura Morrison. Um, it's all bad. <laughs> On all fronts, it's bad. It looks fake as hell. And um, it's like it's like Henry Cavill mustache gate CGI bad. It's that, that bad. That was pretty bad. It <laughs> <laughs> was bad. And uh, yeah, this is all bad too. Um, so there you have it. Uh, any final final thoughts on these two flicks? Nope. Just if you got nothing else to watch during the holidays, since this year we're not treated to a new Star Wars movie at this time of year, check out Into the Spider-Verse or Aquaman. And I would say check out Into the Spider-Verse, <laughs> period. <laughs> um, so that's it. Yeah, happy new year. And... This is Farewell from Henry and Porfirio.